All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. We are jumping on with another guest, and I am so excited to bring her on. We've got Karen Vickers. Karen has been in business for over 30 years, growing her business as a solopreneur to a team of 12 with plans to grow exponentially over the next five years. It's very exciting what she's doing. I can't wait to bring her on and chat with her about everything business. So let's go ahead, cue that intro, and then we'll bring her on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. All right, Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be on. Yeah, I am so excited to have you here. Um, Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I'm going to ask you a question that I ask at the beginning of all my podcasts, which is essentially what this podcast was founded on, which is, do you think that there's a difference between being a solopreneur and being a business owner? And if so, what do you think that difference is? Yeah, there's definitely a difference. I think when you're a solopreneur, you're doing everything on your own. Um, You're getting through a business because you're good at something uh, or you really enjoy something or you've got a passion about something. Um, And then you end up having to do everything around that business on your own, the accounting, the operations, you know, finding new clients, marketing, delivering. Um, So, uh, But when you've got a business, you start building people around those things to help you do what you're best at. Yes. Oh, okay. I love that definition. So what was your personal journey from solopreneur to business owner? Yeah, I think initially when I started in this business and I started in the life insurance industry, um, I had was doing everything on my own. And then yeah. I got a personal assistant and it stayed like that for some time while I, you know, did the work. But the responsibilities were all my responsibility. They weren't yeah. somebody else's. And I was giving them direction all the time. Um, I didn't have somebody there that actually could think for themselves or right. knew what to do. So I started designing processes and procedures so that I could give them to somebody to start growing. And, and those processes and procedures allowed me to take on more staff to mm-hmm. then fill in the gaps. Um, what I decided to do last year after many years in business and trying to keep everything in-house is to outsource everything that wasn't client-related. So yeah. things like marketing, instead of having right. to try and do it in, in-house, is to actually get somebody external doing it so I could yeah. focus on what I do best. Right. Got it. So how was that transition difficult for you to make at first, kind of letting that control go a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's really scary, but I think you have to admit sometimes that you, you're not good at something or right. that's not best use of your time. And I think when you start building a business, you've got to spend the time on what's best use of, best use of your time and being that um, captain that leads the ship. Yes, yes. I I like that metaphor because I constantly talk about that too in terms of the business owner is the one that writes the map. And the one that decides, okay, we're going this way. They're not the ones that actually make the ship run per se. And ultimately they take responsibility. 
for the decisions right. that are made, for the actions of the people that are in the business. So it's really important to get the right people working with you yes. and take, getting those people to take responsibility and accountability for things. Yeah. What do you think is a difference in lifestyle between a solopreneur and a business owner? I think when you're a solopreneur, you're, you're working 24-7. You don't yeah. stop. Yeah. Um, I think when you're a business owner, you can actually give yourself some space to yeah. breathe and there's more work-life balance in it. Right, right. Um, and was that that actual process of going from solopreneur to business owner, was that a tough transition for you to make? Did it happen quickly or slowly? What what did it look like? I think it look it, it was it wasn't a tough decision to make. I think that the biggest stress it puts on you is the financial stress mm-hmm. because you're then having to pay out more while yeah. you build that team around you. You know, you can't right. expect people to come on and do things without being paid. And if you do, you've got to kind of bring them into the business a different way. So yeah. that was the biggest stress. You know, how do I how do I support that growth yeah. um, in the business and how do I get it to where I want it to be while, you, you know, seeing clients and spending time bringing in more money to actually establish the team around me. Yeah. And so what was your answer to that? What was your answer to sustaining that? I worked harder. <laughs> worked harder, yeah. Um, I actually really focused on what I needed. So understanding the numbers around your business in what you need to live on, yeah. what you need to cover all your business expenses, yeah. and then what you need to actually take out of the business to support your wealth going forward. So there were three things I had to focus on and go, well, how do I do that? If I need X amount of dollars per year to cover all that, how many clients a week is that or a month that I need to see? And where am I going to find those people? Yes, yes, that makes sense. So can you tell me a little bit about the current business that you run um, and why you decided to start that specific thing? Oh, look, I kind of fell into financial services, you know, when I moved from London to Sydney yeah. 33 years ago um, and I started selling life insurance for a company and our industry has just gone through a massive change like all yeah. financial services industries around the world. Um, and we went from selling insurance to building a financial planning practice. I did a lot with companies and their superannuation and we've had a massive, another massive change that actually was implemented in January 2020 at the same time um, uh, COVID hit. Yeah, and I actually lost ninety percent of my revenue at that stage. Ninety percent. Yeah, because I couldn't. um, Because with the corporate super stuff, they weren't allowing commissions to be paid out of that anymore. And in all honesty, um, companies don't want to pay for advice for their employees. Yeah, and employees don't value their superannuation or the you know the four hundred it was four hundred one k whatever it is out there. So um, they just don't value it um, until they need it. So um, I had to make a pivot in my business and I started actually um, giving advice to elderly people and their families when those elderly people needed to go into aged care. So I had to work yeah. out how many of those people do I need to see? How do I improve my visibility out there? So people know somebody's out there to help them when they're looking because yeah. they don't do anything about it until they have a need. Right. For it. So that was a big thing. I'd also prior to COVID and um the Royal Commission um, findings coming in, I had started up building out a financial literacy platform to replace mm. that. To actually take people through 
education and literacy around different things, about goal setting. What are they? Why do we have goals? Why should we have goals? Do goals have to stay the same? How do you set a goal around money? And then taking them through all the different components around um, insurance, superannuation, investments, tax, estate planning, and getting them to enter data onto that platform that would then allow them to build out their strategic plan. So this is where you are now. These are all the things you want to do, and we can change them, but let's get started. This is what you need to be doing now. This is what you need to focus on. If you're in business, this is what your business needs to achieve for you to be doing these things. Mm. Um, And if you do that, you'll, you'll have a really successful business. You'll have a really thriving, you know, personal life too and allow you to do the things you want to do. Right. So what has been your process to educating people around that idea of like, you need to do this now, you need to plan now instead of waiting until something happens? I think it's a little bit, I was talking to somebody yesterday, it's it's very much like fear-based selling a little mm. bit because so many things will happen through your life that will take you off direction. Right. You know, it's like flying from Sydney to Hawaii, you know, things will, the wind will change. Something yeah. will occur and you've got to recalibrate and you've got to decide if you still want to go to Hawaii or do you yeah. want to go to South Africa, uh, right. you know, and make those changes along the way. But if you don't get started, you're reacting to everything that happens in your life. But if you start planning, you can be proactive and make choices that are in your control. And I think a lot of the things that happen in our lives that that, um, impact us emotionally are because we don't have control. Not only are we upset about something and it's really hurtful to our hearts and, you know, our being, it also is um, we have no control over it. Somebody else is pushing triggers at different times. Yeah. So being able to stand in your and be grounded and then put those things in place and go, you know what, I'm okay. I don't like what's going on, but I can move forward rather than stay the same or go backwards. Right. That is very powerful. So what are the first steps that somebody can take to to work on that control? I think it's putting in place things in their life that, um, you know, hopefully things don't happen to people. We have divorces. We have deaths. We have people losing their jobs. We have people that you know, get impacted by COVID. Um, You know, in Australia, we had people that were lining up at Centrelink or, you know, the government, getting government benefits because they didn't have the money to support them through this transition and lockdown. Um, And the government handed out lots of money, and I'm sure they did in, you know, many other countries too. But those people were dictated to by what was going on. Now, there was a lot of people over here that earned a lot more money through government benefits than they did when they were working. But it was they didn't have any control of what was going on. Right. And having that thing, the the money, the goals and the things you want to do, people don't have money set aside. You know, there's people over in Australia that don't have enough money. If they're not earning, they've got no money to support their expenses for the next month. Right. Money comes in, money goes out, and they haven't planned for anything else. Yeah, yeah. So where does somebody really start with a financial plan? I think they've got to... decide to take action is the first thing Mm. like what is it why is money important to me understanding what money is it's just it is just a tool to be able for you to be able to do the things you want to do to buy a house Mm. to to buy a car to start a family if we don't have those things put food on the table and a roof over our head yeah if you don't have those things it's just really stressful when you have something coming in you can exchange it for the things that you want so understanding that and your relationship to money Mm. 
And when you understand your relationship to money, it doesn't mean things need to change. It means you can actually embrace it and then go, right, what do I need to do to move forward? I know what the issue is. What do I need to do forward? And then trying to um, put in place or understand your goals. Mm-hmm. And goals are really hard. I think we don't actually plan anything in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> this happens. You know, things just happen. We get guided through life. We have opportunities come up or we have things that really impact us come up but we don't actually decide what we want to do. And I have very strong beliefs that when you've decided what you want to do, you can't just decide and then sit back and make it happen. You've just got to get involved in the process in making it happen. Right. Yeah, because things don't get delivered to you on a plate. So it's like, what do I need to do to make those things happen? Do I really want it? Is the cost, personal cost to me in getting it, like the the commitment and the uh, embracing it, is that worth it? Do I really want it? And I think when we want something enough, we will make those changes so long as they're not yeah. Yes, yes, right. So I, I talk to a lot of people who are first starting their businesses and they have a hard time charging what they're worth or asking for money for a program that they're selling because mm-hmm. they have that fear around money. There's lots of beliefs there that are kind of set from young age. How does somebody go about approaching working through their relationship with money to the point where they can talk about it and view it as a tool that really only has the power that you choose to give it? I think that we need to understand the value that we have. We all have very different skills. We all have very different learnings and we've had different experiences. And I think that it is understanding the value of that and the value you can make to somebody's life. And I've had, I've struggled with that too at different stages. I'm a terrible giver. I will give to people and be there with them and save the world till the cows come home. (laughs) Um, And and sometimes you have to just check in and go, okay, we need to set those boundaries. Right. And I really do want to keep giving, but it's like if you're on a plane and, you know, they say, you know, if the thing comes down, you put it on yours first, forget the children, because if you don't look after you, you can't look after everybody else. Right. And I think that is really powerful too. We have to look after ourselves. You're never going to achieve anything in business if you keep giving to everything. You'll, you'll come across financial issues. You'll come across painful times. Yeah. Um, and those people that you're helping, us, they're loving your help. But at the end of the day, most of those people have put their needs first. So they will walk away from you tomorrow if it doesn't suit them. Right. So it's about putting those boundaries, it's being helpful, being all those things you want to do, but getting paid your worth for what you're doing. Yes, I love that. And I like that idea of they're putting their needs first too. So it's important that you yeah. do as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very powerful. So what has been the biggest thing you are currently struggling with as a business owner and and what have you been doing to work through that challenge as a business Look, owner? I had to I, I never wanted visibility. I mm. always thought I would be the person behind the really successful man. Yeah, um, interesting. My partner would be the one that would do that. And I've had to come to terms with I need to be that person. Yeah, I need to, and I, and it wasn't that man is your financial plan is was going to keep me successful. It's that teamwork that yeah. you go out and do it. I don't want to be the face on anything, but I really want to be involved and help and support and everything else. Um, right. I had to come to terms with the fact that I need to do that. Why? Like, um, I've been a single mother since my daughter, you know, was a year old. She's now twenty. Yeah. Um, I've Amazing. looked after her for a very long time and, you know, supported her and loved every minute of it and made all those yeah. choices about what I wanted to give her. Um, 
if I don't step up and do it, nobody's going to do it for me. Mm. And so mm-hmm. that's why, you know, one of my biggest challenges has been uh, improving my visibility, um, getting the messaging out there to people about what I do, what they need, you know, and why they should use me. Yeah. Um, I have a goal that uh, I want to be the go-to place for everything aged care. Yeah. Um, so that when people are thinking, oh, my God, I need help, I don't know where to go, it comes up. Right. Or there's enough noise out there about me, somebody says, go see Karen, you know, right. or go see the company, or there's people there that can help you. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is I'm committed to building out this uh, financial literacy platform because I yeah. have a passion to improve financial literacy, improve people's financial capabilities so they're making the right decisions. I see it all the time. People are in trouble money-wise, especially with interest rates going up right now. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it's making a big impact. You know, inflation's going to hit people so hard and and yeah. people are just making decisions without getting guidance and right. they're not making the right decisions. Yeah. So this platform that you're building, is it going to be an app? Is it going to be a program? What are you looking to create? It'll be an educational piece going forward and we will turn it into an app that people will put their own data in. Um, It will build out their financial plan. It will then help them implement all the things that they need or they want. They can do it themselves. We will help them do it. And then we will keep them on track. So we will say you're three months out of your goal. You're not on target right now. Let's have a conversation about do you still want that? Or you're three Mm. months out of your goal. You are on target. Let's talk about what you need to do to get that in place. So it will be interactive as well and it will have, you know, people involved with it, but it will also be people will be able to see where they are. They'll be able to see are they on track. They'll be able to have everything that they have at their fingertips. I have clients that don't know where everything is. Yeah, right. They they rely on me all the time. And and I'm... I'm, um, probably a really good example if something happens to me tomorrow nobody knows where everything is mm, mm-hmm. having that place to say this is where everything is if anything happens to me very well. powerful okay mm. very cool so um you mentioned that you had have run a team and you have a big team so what does your current team look like well we 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 got to as, as many as 12 and then with losing um you know most of my income back in yeah. 2020 I downsized yeah um and then outsourced that was probably the turning point for me to outsource a lot of the stuff that you know I was earning money and supporting all the people within my business right um so at the moment I'm putting into place a HR strategy yeah. around what those people look like um yeah. to bring them back on board again um, that's amazing so, and I think that's important, planning that out. I've always taken on people in my business because I've liked them yeah. or I think I've got a need and I've maybe taken them on too early yeah. or brought somebody on board thinking, great, they've got great skills, but then abdicated from supporting them and I always thought I was delegating. Oh, here you go, mm. do this. And then I wouldn't check in with them. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of work that needs to go around that, it's the reporting to keep people on track about where they're going. Right. To driving it forward as a team. Yes. Yeah, like, and I think it's like having a mechanic in your business. Business, You know, if you don't tell the mechanic what to do, your car's not going to operate really well. No, nope. Oh, that's, I love that, that um, portrayal of that. That's beautiful in terms of there is like, you do have to not just give them it and then leave. You have to actually, delegation is more than just, hey, do these things and then I'll leave. That's very let's cool. do those things and let's check in and see how you're going and what you need help with and being there to help them or guiding them through where they need help. And, you know, teamwork's also about their input too. 
Yeah. It's not just about what I'm telling them to do. It's about them yeah. going, well, I think this is a really good idea, Karen. How can we do this better? Or can we implement that? And then up with all my experience and my knowledge, maybe that won't work. Or let's talk it through. Or, yeah, give it a go and see what happens. So yeah. that's how you build a team and build business by don't not dictating to somebody either, but getting them engaged in the business, you know, yeah. and getting them to feel part of it and having the right people in your business. Right. Yes, exactly. So what was that first role that you hired? It was an admin person to do paperwork. Mm. You know, she was filling in paperwork, submitting paperwork, um, then following things up, um, yeah. you know, all the detail stuff. And I'm not a good detail person. I have a yeah. big picture girl. <laughs> right, right, yes. So having people around you that have those skills to fill in my weaknesses. Yeah, I love that. So what has probably been the biggest thing that you've learned running a team? Uh that I need to plan it, um, that I probably haven't been good at it. Yeah. And if I'm going to be successful, I need to be really good at it. Yes. Yes. And so have you heard of people saying, oh, just like outsource what you're bad at? Would you recommend spending time learning what you're bad at? It doesn't mean that you need to be an expert at it, but learning at it before you outsource it. Look, I think it's really important that you know about it and things. And you, like at the moment, I've uh, got somebody out doing all my social media. I'm not mm. good at social media. Like I am so not good at it. I don't yeah. even know what to put up there. And it's not something I want to be spending my time. I know a little bit about how it works. Yeah. Um, we talk it through. She says it. I give her, you know, guidance about what I want and, and she goes and does it all. So, right. you know, it's, it's those things. My, my bookkeeping, like I've always looked after everything financially in my business but it's also time consuming and outsourcing that to people that I've got a bookkeeper that I'm working with to grow my business and to pay my bills and to check in. And instead of me making the decisions all the time, I can look at things and go, no, no, I can't do that right now. Right. Yes. Yes. I'm awesome. going, oh, I've got money in the bank. Yes, I can do that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, right. Okay, so what have been the most important systems that you've implemented into the business as you made that transition from, you know, being yourself to, okay, we're implementing systems now so the business can run more effectively? Um, it's definitely operational systems. So what yeah. happens next? How do you engage with people? What is the first step that you need to do when you're talking to somebody what's the second step you need to do with talking to somebody what does that appointment when you go through it look like you know right. how do you handle that so I used to go in and I just um you know I just talked to them about things and I just get information and you know there was no real um structure to it yeah. and as much as structure is really hard at the beginning because it takes you away from who you are it's important to have those boundaries around things and to know when to walk away. And I think I didn't really know when to walk away from people early on because I still wanted to solve everybody's problems. And then I didn't manage their expectations well. Mm. Mm. So I think managing expectations of your clients are really important. How have you done that? Um, I send out terms of engagement to people. I explain to them what I'm going to do. I explain to them what I'm not going to do. Yeah. You know, and and then it actually makes it easier to put your pricing right and to be able to have that conversation around money. When you go in just to help somebody, it's hard to have that conversation around money. Right, because they're not invested? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and being upfront about things. I think it's really important that when you have a conversation, you lay everything on the table because right. 
um, it's like if, oh, if I've, I have recently had a client that was helping them through government benefits and stuff and it just happened. It merged from one thing to another and I haven't charged them for that stuff. So I'm still guilty of it. And right. I, I didn't. I didn't set those boundaries up front. So if I do this, this is what the cost is going to be, but this is what's going to come out of it for you. Yeah. Um, and then it's hard to go back and say, oh, by the way, I, I've got to right. charge you for that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense because you're like, I've been working with you for free and now it's weird. So, yeah. yeah. And it becomes a really awkward conversation. Right. Yep. Been there right. too. Yeah. Yeah. I think most most people in business do. Yeah. Right. We're still learning along the way, and like 33 years later, I'm still learning. Yes, yes, it yep. doesn't stop. And I think the other big thing I learned too is that your business has to evolve. Mm. If you've got a business you've got today and you don't have plans for evolving in the future, it will end up staying where it is today and stagnating. Yeah, you will get bored with it, you will find that you're doing the same thing again and again and again and start making mistakes or having challenges right I think it's better to have challenges as you grow your business because you grow with it yeah yes oh I love that okay so where would you recommend somebody starts when they're looking to improve their financial literacy um yeah like it's a hard one there's so much information out there about yeah. things but it doesn't guide you through a process and that was one of the weaknesses I saw in the market when we've got this platform up there that'll be the place to start That'll be Amazing. the place to start to get involved, join up on, learn about all these things as you go, which will then give you more confidence to make those choices and those decisions about what you want. Right. That's amazing. So my last question to you is what would you say are, well, one, what is your definition of wealth? We'll start there first. I think um, wealth is having enough money to do the things that you want to do when you want to do and live the life that you want to do. And yeah. it can be different amounts for different people. Right. So there's not just like a, you make a million dollars and you're wealthy. It's going to be different for everybody. Uh, somebody who makes a million dollars has different expectations and they would not necessarily think they're wealthy. Right. And yeah, then they've got just... more expectations. So, you know, right. I, when I first started out in this industry, I remember meeting a guy that he had $35,000 he um, lived in his own house and he was very happy with his family. He owned his house outright, he managed to do it. And this was a number of years ago. But he was wealthy. Yeah. And then I've seen people earn, you know, $200,000 and they spend it all and they're yeah. struggling and they're not living their life and they're stressful and they're not wealthy. Right, right. So okay. Different things for different people. That Yeah, so true. And so what would you say are those first steps towards generating consistent predictable wealth uh well if you're working in a job and you're not in your own business i think it's really about managing your cash flow mm -hmm. managing your income and expenses i think a lot of people get into credit card debt and debt because they um spend more than they earn so mm -hmm. that's the first thing is looking at that and it's hard and I've never told people to stop spending. What I do tell people is look at different ways of earning money. Yeah. So look at what you need for all these things you want to do and then look at opportunities to earn more money. If that means you've got to educate yourself or you've got to go through, you know, look at different ways to increase your income, whether it's a side hustle, whether it's in your career, then right. you've got to start focusing on those things. And that doesn't mean money's 
everything because you need other joy out of your life, but it will get you to where you want to be. If it's in your business, I think it's looking at what you need to cover your lifestyle expenses, your business expenses, and then what you need to achieve those goals that you want to achieve. And then stepping back into your business and saying, if I need X amount of dollars per year, how many clients, how much product do I need to sell to Mm -hmm. reach that? And then going further down and say, this is how much product or services I need to deliver. How do I do that? What do I need behind me to get me there? Yes. What activities do I need to be doing? Yes. I love that. Okay. This has been absolutely amazing. So where can people go if they want to connect with you, if they want to hear more from you, where's the best way to connect with you? They can connect with me through my Auxilium one, which is my aged care website right now, um, which is www.auxilium.au. Amazing. I'll make sure to drop it in the show notes as well. Um, Anything else you want to add before we finish up for today? No, I love the opportunity of being on your podcast. I'm really grateful. And I'm looking forward to seeing where your podcast goes. Thank you. Yes. So great to have you on. Let's go ahead and cue that outro video. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.